Welcome to the Design Thinkers podcast, where we focus on design thinking and its role in some of the biggest issues facing society today. My name is Ben Crisp, and in this podcast, we speak with DKNA's design director, Goldie Chowdhury. Goldie was the individual we spoke to on our first ever podcast, and we return to talk to her today, nearly four years later, to discuss her new role about working as an ensemble and how collaboration in design makes innovation possible. Welcome, Goldie. Hi, Ben. Yeah, nice to reconnect. Yeah, so here we are four years later. Then we were walking and recording around the park near the studio in London. And now I'm interviewing you from North Carolina in the US, whilst you, I think, are currently in the English countryside. So a lot has changed. Yeah, that's right. I've moved out to Stroud since we last spoke, um, but it's it's nice. It's our, our world has become both bigger and smaller, all enabled through these funny little digital technologies. Absolutely. And this change also includes the fact that you are now a design director at DKNA and the Design Thinkers Academy London. Can you tell me a little bit more about what this new role entails? Yeah, absolutely. So it's an expansion on what I was doing before. Um, I am leading on our training programs. Um, so as you know, we run open course trainings on all sorts of topics like design thinking, systems thinking, service blueprinting. Um, and we also work to uh, create bespoke courses for a lot of our clients. So my role is now expanded into including a little bit more innovation coaching, uh, as well as coaching on consultancy projects. And it also reflects our understanding of design as really being working alongside and with our clients and colleagues. Um, so it actually really goes hand in hand that we are both doing teaching and consulting um, as sort of two sides of the same coin. So just to unpick that a little bit further, at the same time as consulting clients, you're teaching them in the process of the consultation. Yeah, so a lot of the work we do starts with a bit of co-creation where we'll work with key stakeholders or senior folks and organizations organizations to identify what the pressing challenges are. Um, and then from the back of that, we'll work with them to find out who the right people are to be creating and co-creating with. Um, so a lot of the work we do is, is is really just holding spaces to be able to do innovation together. Um, so some of that is us teaching and facilitating and uh, teaching folks on how to facilitate. It's a bit meta, but it's also working with clients to, to figure out what they need, what sort of support they need in order to be able to do innovation themselves. So a lot of what we're doing is is identifying how we can help people get the right people in the room so that we're designing alongside the people who are benefiting from the products or services that they that they need. And the people that you're working with, whether you that come into these co-creation sessions from clients, they're not necessarily people from the design teams within these companies. Yeah, if anything, actually the opposite. So, uh, of course, there will be a few people from design or product development teams, but um, we work really hard to make sure that we are recruiting what we call a diagonal slice of the organization. So folks who are at the very junior end of the company, all the way up to board level CEOs, um, and then across disciplines. Um, and actually, we've found and and research has proven that, that diversity breeds innovation. Um, so we work really hard to make sure that we're getting different diverse viewpoints into the room and that the folks that make up a workshop are reflecting every aspect of uh, the end users or for internal projects of the organization itself. Okay. And so what kind of projects does this include? What kind of processes do you take clients on? Well, so for example, one of our colleagues, Craig, he's our uh, director of service design. Um, off the back of the pandemic, he did a project with SWR, which is one of the big rail companies here in England. 
on how to increase confidence for folks returning to rail travel. And so, for example, they, they you know they came to us with this broad challenge. It was sort of peak pandemic times, and they were wanting to you know, help people back uh, into the rail. And and so we started with that as our understanding of the challenge, but then brought in rail passengers, frontline staff, uh, people who were working all over uh, in the stations and sort of looked at what some of the opportunities were. And we looked at the problem from the perspective of weekday commuters, which there were a lot less of, uh, versus older folks, versus folks looking for leisure travel on the weekends, um, and found that actually there were a lot of different opportunities within the particular challenge that the the client brought to us. Um, And so we hosted a series of co-creation workshops that brought these people together. So in a a problem like that with the rail industry, it it ends up being a mix of end users and folks, uh, employees from all over the business. And you take a problem like this or a project like this from end to end? Yeah, that's right. So it starts with the discovery process where we work with the clients and the stakeholders to identify what the challenge really is. Um, And then we do a bit of research to unpack that a bit further, figure out who the people are that might be impacted in this particular problem space. And then we'll go to hosting these co-creation workshops where we bring some of those people together to, to really come up with the ideas and solutions themselves. So we'll do some creative exercises, come up with some concepts, uh, and then we do a bit of a deep dive. So we, we might take some of those concepts into our team and develop them further, perhaps prototype them. And the end goal is really just to get things out into the world as quickly as possible so that we can learn from real users and build in feedback and make sure that what we're building is solving the problem in a in a meaningful way. So when those prototypes are taken out, say, on this project into rail stations and we then connect with passengers again, that in itself is another form of co-creation or collaboration. Absolutely. At the heart of design is the fact that we're always learning from doing, learning by doing and learning from doing. So uh, it's an iterative process. We deploy things out into the world um, and we learn and then we'll build a better version or maybe scale it out into a different context and fold in all of our all of our learnings. Um, so in a way, a prototype is a form of co-creation in itself. And I know that you've also done an end-to-end innovation project co-creating with the Design Lab. Is that right? Uh, yeah. So the Design Lab is a project that we're working on right now. So we've commissioned by the Mayor of London to create a Design Lab that helps companies all over London to improve diversity and equity in their workplaces. Um, so we know that London is obviously uh, an incredibly diverse place. Um, I think 58% come from ethnic backgrounds. And of course, that's not reflected in our workplaces. And it's certainly not reflected at senior levels, at the board level, at C-level suites, etc. So we are working across a number of sectors from healthcare to creative, to the green sector to figure out what are some of the challenges um, in each of these sectors. Uh, And of course, they're unique to each workplace. Uh, So it's a, a massive program where we're getting to take that same co-creation approach and use it to address a, a really tricky challenge around equity and anti-racism and how we can you know, work with different employers to make sure that they are uh, creating diverse workforces from the ground up. Are you able to give any examples of some of the work you've done or is this all in process at the moment? 
well, it is in process, but it's actually, it's really exciting to see how, how, what's emerging. So we've done our first sector, which is the healthcare sector, and we've worked with five of the biggest trusts across London. And we've got uh, another six to go in the next few weeks. And what we're doing is, is basically bringing together a group of, you know, 10 to 20 some odd folks from across each of these employers to talk about their lived experiences, talk about some of the the real aha moments in their careers, maybe where they discovered healthcare as a as a possible career path um, and 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 some of the tricky moments around reaching their own glass ceilings. Um, so folks that weren't able to reach into senior levels and and what some of the complex structural issues that prevented them from being able to move up in their careers might have been. So it's it's been a really amazing opportunity to get CEOs and director level, head of HRs, et cetera, uh, chief of people in the same room as people who are at the earlier stages of their careers um, and have them in conversation with each other, talking about what some of the challenges have been and what support they or others like them could use in order to to really navigate their way through a career path that wasn't designed with them in mind. Okay, so this is a big example of co-creation because the people you're working with are being included in solving the problem or looking for solutions to some of the problems that we're facing. Exactly. And so part of the remit of the design lab is that we will be working with these employers and a few key people who have been given the the time and resource to take these ideas forward. Um, and so over a 10 month process, they they will be coached and supported by us. So we do bring our expertise to the table. But what we're really trying to do is enable them to prototype and test and deploy these solutions in their own environments, since we know that that's where they're going to learn the most. And so in design, we really believe in erring towards action. Um, So moving away from the strategies and the philosophies and the white papers and just getting out there and and doing. Um, And we find that that's the quickest way to make a difference. Yeah. And this this seems to fit in very closely with um, DKNA's mission and vision around responsible revolutions and innovating for people, business and the planet to help try and, you know, improve the world that we live in. Yeah. Um, So we're an incredibly mission driven company. And we know that there are major complex crises that face our society today, obviously climate change being one of them. But social inequality is a closely linked and equally important subject that we've become more and more involved with. So we have been doing this work with the mayor of London. Um, We've also done some work with local boroughs, council members who are looking for ways to better co-create with their residents, especially the residents who are most different from them and from more deprived areas. And we're really interested in how we can democratize design. So bringing these skills to people, to normal people, who who are the people who understand their own needs better than anyone else. Yeah, so it's not just a design company coming in and saying, we found the solution, we know what's what's right. It's making people part of the solution. Exactly, yeah. So I, I would say, if, if anything, design is turning more and more. And, you know, we all come from design backgrounds and we all bring expertise to the table from industrial design, user experience design, uh, open innovation, open data. We have lots of different backgrounds within our team of coaches and associates. But what we find we're doing more and more these days is holding spaces. So facilitating conversations and bringing people together and supporting them to both create the challenges. So identify to both 
identify what the opportunity area is, uh, and then work together to create some of those solutions. And that links again, very directly to the teach and do approach as well, because it's educating people as well in the design process, which will enable them in the future to maybe lead some of this going forward. Yeah, so teach and do is at the heart of how we work. And I think we're one of the few to do this. Um, but it's it's a big part of our philosophy that you can't teach unless you're doing. A, a lot of us have had experience in academia. And obviously, we are learning from research and some of the cutting edge work that's happening out there. But we're also drawing from our own practices and the real world environment where we're working with clients and we are responding to the, the sort of real world constraints, organizational constraints, people constraints, money constraints. Um, and all of that is part of, of the innovation process. So teaching and doing is sort of our, everyone on our team is equal parts, a practitioner and someone comfortable in a quote unquote classroom and, and really the lines between what is a classroom, what is a workshop, what is co-creation are so blurred. They're they're all sort of one and the same. Uh, most of our, all of our courses are solving real world challenges uh, we, because we find learning by doing is the best way to learn. Um, and equally, all of our doing uh, has an element of training people to be able to go and do themselves. So we're, we're basically working to train ourselves out of a job so that others can take it on in the future. Absolutely. That's, that would be the ultimate sign of success. <laughs> and just quickly, you mentioned the courses as well earlier, because obviously DKNA has its training arm, the Design Thinkers Academy London. And I know you teach on a variety of the courses, but can you just explain some of the courses that use this approach and what we've been talking about today? Yeah, yeah. Well, so I just finished a two-day fundamentals course, which is probably the quickest and easiest way for folks who want to to get a bit of a flavor of what design thinking is all about. We've got Bootcamp coming up, which is our flagship five-day course where we bring in keynote speakers who run a day each on their areas of expertise. Um, and we work on solving some of these systemic environmental and social type challenges. We've also got a few courses coming up in facilitation. Um, that's probably one of my personal favorites because we get to see how different people do what we do and learn from each other. It's it's a great example of peer learning um, and bringing together people from different organizations who you know bring their own challenges to the table. So it's a really wonderful way to learn from each other. Um, and we've got other courses in our portfolio that are led by other coaches in our in our network. Uh, like service blueprinting and systems thinking that are slightly more advanced, but really great for people who are looking for more rigorous, in-depth understanding of uh, design and tangential fields. Yeah. And there's a whole array of courses that are available for people to check out on our website. Finally, just to finish, and this is a question that I asked you, I recently listened back to our first ever podcast when we were walking around that park in London. And I asked you why design was important or why design was important to you and kind of want to ask the same question again, not knowing maybe your answer is different. Maybe it's the same. And people who haven't listened to that podcast will be hearing it for the first time. But I think it'll be a nice note to finish on of understanding why does design matter and why is it important to you? I sort of think design is everything. Um, you know, the, the way we live our lives and the compromises that we make are down to the, the products and the services and the systems that 
we use to organize our lives. So I think, I mean, you know, we, we, as a society, we've got a lot of work to do. We've made a lot of big mistakes in the last several decades, um, a bit more than that now. And I think as a practice, design is really about reflecting on those mistakes and learning from them. So if we can't change, um, what's the point? So uh, yeah, I don't know. I think for a lot of us in this space and as uh, you know, also in, in climate change and other sort of change making based worlds, we're optimists at heart. And it's all about upskilling ourselves and upskilling others to be able to, to make change for the better. Do you think design is undervalued in that respect, that it could play more of a pivotal role in the world going forward, but people don't necessarily recognize that? I think design has become a catch-all term for a lot of different core skills and competencies. Um, so there's a lot of things that that design is made up of, and, and some of it is about making, some of it is about decision-making and critical thinking and other sorts of fundamental 21st century skills. Um, so in terms of design being undervalued, I think it's that it has a bit of a fluffy definition um, and that it's made up of a lot of different things. Um, design thinking is is one of the aspects of what is design, um, but it goes hand in hand with pretty much every 21st century skill out there. So, you know, it's collaboration and co-creation and decision-making and being able to hold uncertainty and ambiguity, all these things are part of design. So if anything, I think the definition of design can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But it's really, it's about a way of working that we all need to have, because I think we all need to share the responsibility of, of making ourselves and the world that we live in um, a little bit better. And I actually think when I asked you that question four years ago, I think you replied with design is everything as your answer then as well. So it's nice, nice to know that you're consistent. Oh, this whole podcast was about change. And then, you know, <laughs> nothing has changed. <laughs> Thank you to Goldie for the podcast today. For anyone interested to find out more about the work at DKNA and the Design Thinkers Academy London, you can reach out or explore our new websites linked in the caption to this podcast. You can also follow us on social media for new content, information on sales and course offers, more podcasts, blogs, and downloadable resources. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for another podcast coming soon.